Hello there, guys. Here we go then. This is the NTT20 betting show, the sound of the start of your weekend. George Ellick and myself, Ali Maxwell, here to talk all things EFL and betting. This podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that you be gamble aware. George the Pod for the second week in a row, sponsored by our friends at SpreadX. Yeah, they've come up with something, well, a few things that are pretty cool in my opinion, but crucially, if you haven't got a SpreadX account, this is very important that you listen to this. For the next five podcasts that SpreadX will, will be sponsoring us, they are going to boost the ACA price of our six headline suggestions. This week, the six um, selections of ours is a 150 to 1 ACA. That is the best price on odds checker by miles. I think the next best is Betfair Sportsbook with 142. So much better than the best you're going to get. It's a maximum for a fiver. Frankly, if you're having more than that, I think you've got a little bit too much faith in Ali and I. Um, but Ali, we've decided, you know, we've got five shots at this. If we get this, if we if we land this sixfold in the next five, when the enhanced stacker is up and people are getting their fibers on, we are going to have a party. Mm. When that's going to be, I don't know. It's not going to be a Zoom party. It's not just going to be an NTT20 meetup in a pub. It's going to be something mega, putting all of the money we win aside and having a really good time. And if you want to come to that party, you've got to show us that you were on this enhanced stacker. So get yourself a SpreadX account now and join us in the fun. They have got a sign-up offer as well if you're not already signed up to SpreadX. Bet 10, get 10. Go to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. You can see the T's and C's of that bet 10, get 10 offer at spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. They do the spreads, they do the fixed odds, they do it all. In terms of results from last week, there were so many postponed games that a lot of our picks didn't even go ahead. Uh, two of my three main picks were postponed. The other one, Oxford minus one against Wigan, was not a winner uh, as they won 2-1, so that didn't cover the minus one. Uh, your Blackburn nap as well on Friday night lost and the others were all postponed. So we go again this week. We've got six selections on the way, which are... An enhanced acker on the SpreadX site, 150 to 1, max stake £5 if you go to the football specials section on the SpreadX site. George, I don't want to be the one to let us down, but first, before I get into my best bet, I want to hear what yours is. Yeah, I'm going to get us off to an absolute flyer here <laughs> uh, with Barnsley to beat Bristol City at 11 to 10. And that, you know, that 11 to 10, if you told me I'd be napping Barnsley to be Bristol City at 11 to 10 back in October, I'd have called you an absolute madman. Um, and there will be people out there listening. You've called me worse. Who are, yeah, uh, I think I have today, um, who, at least in my head I have, um, there'll be people listening who will be saying, what are you doing? You can't take on the new manager bounce. And it's it's a myth, guys. Let's be honest. Especially you know, when when a very good manager comes in, it might be the case. But but getting rid of Dean Holden isn't necessarily going to see a spike in in terms of performances and results. Often, what does happen is we'll see managers are sacked at the end of a, a run of bad results when the performances haven't necessarily been as bad as as the results suggest. And that means natural variance will mean that it shifts the other way, and they get the the uh, the results they probably were lacking beforehand, and it gets put down in part to, to the manager departing when that hasn't really been the case with Bristol City the performances have been atrocious like unbelievably bad and with reason too because they've had terrible terrible injury troubles and you know Dean Holden whilst he will of course use that as a reason as to why the performances are bad it's no real excuse because they have been so incredibly poor and I'm pretty happy to say that this is a Barnsley side who are taking on the worst team in the division right now in my opinion 
And there seems to me to be little reason why Bristol City would improve in the short term. Long term, I'm sure they will. Long term, I think Dean Holden making way for the names being mentioned, Michael Appleton, Paul Cook, Russell Martin, will be a good thing for them. And I think they'll probably end up on more points this season than they would have done if they hadn't made the change. But that doesn't come into effect here. And for Barnsley, you've got a side the other way. You've got a side who are trending in completely the opposite direction, who put in three brilliant performances against much better sides than Bristol City in the last week. You've got the Chelsea game, which they lost 1-0. You've got the the Brentford and the Blackburn victories um, in midweek on the, and on the weekend. Another performance like that from Barnsley will see them... Um, We'll see them win this game, effectively. And Barnsley showed just how important their squad depth is, which isn't something we've necessarily said about Barnsley too much in the past. But you look at what happened against Blackburn, we know the way they play means there's that high intensity and that level of energy that goes into their performances. But they played the first half and, and did a decent job against uh, against Blackburn. The score was still nil-nil. And then Valerian Ishmael rang the changes, rung to the changes, whatever you want to say. And we saw a host of new players uh, come on. We saw a all five substitutes were used by the 64th minute when it was still nil-nil. And we then saw Carlton Morris, who was one of the players to come on, impact the game with both a goal and an assist for Alex Mauer. So we're seeing now that Barnsley probably have the, the strength and depth in order to continue playing at that high level when they don't necessarily have their first team players playing. And yeah, just I, I think this is a mismatch. I think it's a side who are currently bidding to get into the playoffs to one who are not going to return to that level for quite some time. Um, it would have to take a massive turnaround of performance from Bristol City to see them get into this game, in my opinion. Barnsley, a strong bet, 11 mm. to 10. Exciting. Yeah, Carlton Morris looks like a big pickup in January. Um, certainly a better option, I think, off the bench uh, than Pat Schmidt, who, uh, who I'm, Schmidt. Not, I'm not sure we'll see much more of, poor lad. Um, my nap is also in the championship. It is the game between Huddersfield and Swansea. And I'm not, I've not gone mad for the sake of this podcast. It's not Huddersfield to win. It's Swansea to win this game. They are 2.1. Um, with spread X 11 to 10 to win this game and I'm all over it uh, this is a Swansea side of course who uh, have more clean sheets this season than they have goals conceded uh, that have taken the lead in 16 of their 28 games and have gone on to win 15 uh, of those 16 games George's webcam has gone flying which made me think that I was on some sort of roller coaster I'm slightly concerned that he's had a heart attack or a stroke and he's still here he's fine he's fine George is fine he's trying to put me off um, but Sorry. let me tell you a bit more about this I mean Huddersfield just to give you an idea of some of the form that these teams are coming into this game with Huddersfield two points from their last eight league games that's two draws and six defeats and zero wins Swansea have got more points last night than Huddersfield have got in their last uh, eight league games they've won seven of nine drawing the other two um, they've only conceded in three of those nine games six clean sheets in that time Huddersfield stretching back to to Christmas really around a 10 game period that I've looked at here just consistently second best in games they'll often have a period of maybe half an hour, possibly even a, a half, a whole half where they play quite well, George, and then they'll fold. Or, as has been the case once or twice, 
they'll start poorly, then they'll go behind, and then they'll start playing. Then then they'll look a bit silky, they'll look quite good, but they're already 1 or 2 nil down at that point. They're constantly losing the XG battle in these games. I think in the last 10, only matches against Millwall and Bristol City have they won the XG battle, and they managed to lose both of those games as well. Maybe a little unfortunate, but maybe highlighting how sort of soft and vulnerable they are, basically. This, for me, is, is one side in Huddersfield who have little appetite or capacity for defending um, who are soft in their nature giving away leads like they did against Wickham 2-0 lead lost 3-2 and also very rarely coming back once they go behind they gave away a lead as well in midweek didn't they they were 1-0 up and lost 2-1 to Borough they crumble under pressure very few consistent goal threats as well. I mean, Mbenza's free kicks, I feel like off the top of my head, are probably their biggest goal threat at the moment. There's a real lack of composure in, in both boxes. Uh, they're playing against a team with a great appetite for defending, with seemingly elite game management this season in seeing out wins, quite often going on to score the second goal when they've gone 1-0 up. Quite a few consistent goal threats, not least the two strikers, not least our best mate, Connor, uh, not least Connor Roberts, the right wing back, um, who scored the goal in midweek and a team with an excellent mentality, composure in both boxes, the complete opposite of Huddersfield Town. So um, it would have to take a quite remarkable um, match preparation and motivation from Corboran um, for Huddersfield to turn things around this weekend in this game against Swansea. Uh, and I think Swans should be able to to put together a pretty business-like win here. So Swansea my nap at uh, 2.1, 11 to 10 with spread X. What's your next? So back in kind of January time, Ali, we invited the listeners to the podcast on a stag party and it was a pretty fun stag party and we we did okay from it. But Ali, what comes after a stag party? A wedding. No, more immediate. A hangover. Correct. And what we're seeing is a little bit of a Mansfield hangover and quite typically with a hangover, especially after a big night like that, you wake up sprightly. You wake up sprightly and as the as the day goes on, you flag and you flag and you flag and then you go to bed. And if you're, you know, for some of the younger listeners, they won't get this. If you're 18, 19, the prospect of a two day hangover is, I mean, what is that? But these days I wake up the next day and again, I'll get up all right. And then during the day it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's what's happened twice with Mansfield. You still haven't worked out that it's, it's purely about hydration. It's purely about water. I mean, you still haven't absolutely. learned this. I, I'm so jealous of people who managed to persuade themselves that's the case. Um, the proof is in my pudding. I don't get these two days that you get. I have, I have the amount of water I take on is just, <laughs> it just means I have to spend my whole day going up and down the stairs to, to the, to the bathroom. Um, that happened twice. That happened the first the first day. It was against Colchester, 2-1 up late on. They concede and draw two all with the, the out-of-form team in the league. Again, they come out all guns blazing, two up against Bolton before conceding three and ending up losing the game 3-2. The third day, that glorious moment when you open your eyes, sun streaming through and you're like, yes, I'm over this. Is this meant to be justifying a betting tip? Because I'm not sure where and this you, is going. And you go to the pub and you have a great time and you have your beers in the sunshine and you're feeling right as rain and it's time to have a party again in all seriousness the performances of Mansfield over those last couple of games hasn't been as uh, good as we had come become used to I mean certainly the Colchester game is a really really poor one against Bolton they were good value for their 2-0 lead I mean they lived a bit dangerously early on before um, 
with a Bolton player hitting the post, and then they were two 0 up and looked to be coasting before a you know a, a a fluke cross that went in, followed by an own goal, followed by a fantastic strike. Meant suddenly they were left with nothing. But I'm not I'm not too worried. They had 17 shots against Bolton. This is still the same the same team as we were used to seeing. Um, tearing it up and I'm pretty sure under Nigel Clough this mini blip is going to be just that and they come up against the Cambridge side who had been running pretty hot for, for quite a long time and we're starting to now see something of a regression you know they struggled to get past out there nil nil last time at home which is a really poor result they were absolutely thrashed by um, by Salford before that with with Jibril um, Okandina having a, a torrid time and, and you know the stats from the, the South End game are the most troubling where they only had four shots in the game compared to Southend's 13. I mean, if anyone looked likely to win this one, it was the away side. Uh, it's a bit of an alarming drop-off. The The betting markets have had Cambridge as a, you know, a top 10 team rather than a top four or five team for quite a long time now. And, and this run has been coming in, in kind of the market's eyes, I guess. And, and I don't think it would take much for Mansfield to, to, to get past them here. I think... Um, it's one of those where the results have probably got us a bit of a price when the performances don't really suggest much of a drop-off. So um, back on the stag party, two stag parties in a week. Maybe the, the first one was the was like the work stag and now we're getting into the, the mate stag, which is going to be even better. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, in life, you have to back yourself, don't you? You absolutely have to. Um, if you believe in something, you have to go for it. Um, I don't want to come across all... Jake Humphrey on Twitter here giving life advice but you know it's not a terrible thing to worry sometimes to be concerned what people might think about what you're saying or about your actions sometimes you know thinking about that sort of stuff trying trying to have some awareness can help you stop to do ill-advised things but there are times where you have to be stubborn George where you have to stand your ground where you have to be true to yourself my next pick is Plymouth Argyle to beat Rochdale AFC <laughs> this weekend at Even Money. Otherwise known as, as Laydale by Ali Maxwell. <laughs> I mean, I did say last week that this would be, or that the, the last week's pick, which was Wimbledon against Rochdale, would be my third and final selection in this um, short-lived campaign, or <laughs> increasingly less short-lived campaign uh, against Rochdale in punting terms. But that game was, a, was postponed. So we're still at 1-1. Me and Brian Barry Murphy. He got the win when I backed Bristol Rovers. I got the win when I backed Charlton. Let's ride again. I'm not even going to promise that this is the last time. Because, to be honest, I, I don't really understand our girls' price. Even money with spread X. I mean, Dale have lost their last three in the league to good teams, admittedly, in Charlton, MK Dons and Blackpool. Those teams went off 1.85, 1.6, 1.8 against Dale. I don't see any particular reason why Argyle would be considered way worse than those sides and Dale clearly haven't got any better. I, I'm conf I without wanting to sound arrogant, what I said about Rochdale now three weeks ago was absolutely right. They their hmm. their their hot finishing streak has regressed and their horrendous defending has meant they've lost these games. In the in those last three games that they've lost Again, in keeping with the last three months, basically, they generated 2.5 expected goals and they conceded around 6.5 expected goals and they lost all of those games. Argyle are in good form. I really would put them in that bracket of Charlton, MK Dons, Blackpool uh, in terms of their quality at the moment. They've got 22 points from their last 11 games, two points per game over a, a decent period that in that time keeping five clean sheets, uh, which was pretty key, only two in their first 17 league games. 
I think it would be wrong for me to suggest that they are now super tight at the back. They've kept five clean sheets in those 11 games, but they have also conceded two or more in four of those games. So they're not completely over the hill at the back, but they seem a bit more settled with Kelland Watts, Jerome Poku and Will Ameson as the back three. Um, they've got Wooten and Caravan well away from the situation and these guys are, are putting in better performances. They do look more solid. One thing we've always known about Ryan Lowe's Argyle is that they're very good going forward, right? And actually, if you look at the Fox Punter XG ratings, in open play this season, no one is putting up better attacking numbers than Plymouth Argyle, which is pretty impressive uh, in this division. And they're currently up against the worst defence from open play in the league in Rochdale. Argyle have got an eight wins, three draws, three defeats record against bottom half side. So eight wins out of... 14, which is pretty good. One of those defeats, the three that they've lost against bottom half sides, was against Dale. 4-0. They were embarrassed by Dale um, a few months ago during a miserable run of six straight defeats that Argyle went on. So I'm hoping that that means they won't lack motivation, that they will that will be still fresh in the memory. But that poor run, six defeats in a row, I think we've seen enough evidence now to suggest that was just a blip. Their season, weirdly, looks like this, Argyle. 19 points from their first 11 games, a great start for a promoted side. Zero points from six games, blip. 22 points from 11 games, two points per game in those 11. Outside of that crazy blip, they've been a very good team for the level. I think that's what they are right now. And you all know my feelings about Dale. So my second selection today, uh, this weekend, is Argyle, even money. I was, honestly, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that price because <laughs> because of what, well, you know, I didn't back, for example, I didn't back Blackpool in the week at 1.6 because they were just so short. Um, anyway, no complaints. Argyle, my next pick. So that's four of the six so far that form the enhanced odds acre that SpreadX have got on their site 150 to 1. Uh, what have we got to fill it out? Two more, George. One from you, one from me. Yeah, a bit of a weird one, this one from me. Oh, um, no. That's the last thing I wanted to hear. Especially for those who listen to this regularly. Um, I'm back in Colchester at 9 to 4 to beat Crawley. What? I'm looking to get against Crawley. Their, their form since the FA Cup games against uh, Leeds and Bournemouth has been dire. They, you know, they've had four games since the Bournemouth game. They lost 3-1 to Cambridge, whose form afterwards has been poor. They lost, they drew 0-0 with Leighton Orient. They lost 3-1 at home to Harrogate. And they lost 1-0 at home to Stevenage. You know, if, if we're talking about worst teams in the league, then I think Crawley at the moment have to be pretty near, pretty close to that. The, um, you know, Max Max Waters moving on has certainly affected their attacking output. And they're not looking particularly strong at keeping goals out either. Um, and especially when you're starting Mark Wright at left-back against Harrogate at home. I think you deserve to be 3-0 down at half-time. Good player. It feels like their season is, is just fizzling into insignificance because they are far enough away from the drop zone to probably be okay. They're not going to be going up this season, I can assure you of that. When we were talking about them a couple of months ago as, as maybe a team to crash the party in um, in the playoffs, that that has gone. Um, you've got a Colchester side who have been terrible for a long time, who haven't won very many games of football, but there were some signs... I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was an amazing performance, but there were some signs that they were much better against Mansfield in midweek. And especially when you consider that I rate Mansfield very, very highly, especially from an attacking standpoint. The fact that they restricted them to just one shot inside the penalty box, which was James Perch's goal to make it 2-1. You know, the other the other six shots that Mansfield had all came from outside the area. They created fair enough chances, understandably, you know, 
okay chances um, helps as well. It kind of makes sense with Frank Nubel um, coming into the side. He's not a player that I'm necessarily massively keen on, but he is a striker, which Giovanni Brown you know, isn't really except for a, a purple patch of scoring. And interestingly as well, you know, looking at the um, reading in the local press in the uh, the Daily Gazette, um, an article interview while well, talking about manager Steve Ball and he and because he left Giovanni Brown out of the squad for the Mansfield game, uh, amongst a few other players as well, uh, Michael um, Felivi and Paris Cowan Hall also out of the eighteen. Um, and he said, this is the first season that I've had the, this is the first time this season I've had the luxury of a really strong bench. There were lads who weren't even in the squad today who've been key parts of it this season. That's brilliant for me. The players who aren't playing have to be patient. And I guess there could be a reason why there's been an improvement here. Well, I mean, I've mentioned Noble, but also the fact that com- competition for places has to be a good thing. Like preventing players like Giovanni Brown from being complacent has to be a good thing. Being able to drop Giovanni Brown and get a decent result must be a good thing. So, there are tangible reasons why they might have improved and why, you know, a better performance against Mansfield might um, equate to something going forward. And, you know, against most teams in this division, I wouldn't be backing them, but I think there's enough about Crawley, um, enough, you know, bad about Crawley to think that if Colchester can put in another decent performance here, can keep that kind of competitive spirit going with crucially something to play for because there's no doubt they will be aware that more poor results is going to suck them right into the relegation fight than they could get a result so I think the nine to four is 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 definitely value um cruelly at the price that they are uh, I think it's uh, a yeah, 21 to 20 now that's basically the same price as you're back in Plymouth Ali I, I couldn't be having that in a month of Sundays against anybody so um I also realized that I missed out my price for Mansfield which was even so Mansfield was evens Colchester here nine to four yeah, Crawley, since that famous win against Leeds, haven't been much to write home about, have they? Um, whether it's Waters related, whether it's a bit of burnout, whether it's regression, who knows? But yeah, three defeats and a draw in their last four. Okay, um, I was worried when you started that because of how you started it, but I'm on board now. Uh, I'm going to finish off also in League Two. Uh, my pick is Bolton to beat South End 19 to 20. Um, it's funny to me, looking at Bolton, that pre-season they were favourites of the division. Uh, and I think partly it was just the name of the club. But when people were justifying putting them at the top in their pre-season predictions, which of course we love to take part in, as do various others, a lot of people pointing to a strong squad and strong signings. And you and I, George, we, we looked at it before we did our 1-24s to and we, we couldn't see it. We didn't understand it. I remember us, mm-hmm. we talked about... Basically, how low can we put Bolton in these one to twenty fours without without basically being accused of like clickbaiting for the hell of it? Um, I think we went for sixth or seventh in the end. Anyway, we just couldn't see this really smart squad and really smart signings. You know, outside of the obvious Doyle, who was taking a lot of the headlines, but I think we 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 kind of knew what was going to get the best out of Doyle and we couldn't be sure that that was going to be the case um, with the side that was going to be set up at Bolton. Anyway, I say all that patting us on the back to say that that now, after January, where they signed Declan John, the left-back, who looks excellent, where they signed Kieran Lee and MJ Williams to play in midfield, where they signed Marcus Madison as a bit of stardust if he can stay on the pitch or get on the pitch, um, all of a sudden, George, I'm looking at the starting eleven that played against Mansfield in midweek and I'm thinking, yes, this is the strong Bolton starting eleven that people thought they had in September. I think they have that now, and that's 
that's exciting. They are, albeit just inside the, the top half, I think a playoff run is still looking pretty unlikely, looking at the ground that they'd have to make up. They would they would just have to go on, an, on a run that they haven't been on yet this season. But they are in much better nick than they were in the first few months of the season. We had a lot to say about Ian Everett, you know, uh, both what he was saying in the press, but also how inconsistent his team were, um, how soft they were in, in, in a sense as well defensively. But they are in much better nick. Um, looking at the Fox punter ratings over the last eight games in League Two, second best in the league, third best over the last 12. Uh, their XG against numbers do show that they're not, you know, again, a bit like what I said about Argyle, that there are still some issues defensively. They are not consistently shutting teams down, but much, much better going forward now, which bodes well for them. Of course, as we always said, if you create a lot of chances, then Doyle will probably score a lot of goals, but it, it, it starts behind Doyle, shall we say. South End season is kind of like a medical emergency in the sense that, they were sort of dead on arrival, um, just horrendous to start the season, weren't they? And then there was a little flicker, signs of life, maybe a bit, maybe a little defibrillator used when the uh, when the transfer embargo got lifted. They only lost one in a stretch of eight games. Quite a lot of it, it looking at performances rather than results, seemed to be based on just good vibes rather than good performances. Then they lost four in a row, which culminated in. Just the worst display of a, of a League Two side this season, probably against Vale, losing 5-1. And, and you think maybe they're flatlining. But now, maybe not. They're actually out of the bottom two now. They've edged one against Newport, 1-0. And then they drew with Cambridge. I, I, I think the jury's still out for me. I think the jury is still out. They, they are another team whose starting eleven looks a lot more palatable now than it did a few months back. But, yeah, I mean... Basically, for the sake of this bet, the concern is that those last two results for Southend are a sign that they can now hang with the best teams in the league towards the top of the table. I'm not sure of that just yet, and so I'm willing to back Bolton based on my feeling that, that they're the ones with the quality too much for Southend this weekend. So, Bolton, my pick. So, just to recap our six main picks, this is what makes up the 150-1 to Acker, which is on the SpreadX Ooh, site. Yes. If you go to... Uh, football specials you'll see at NTT20 Enhanced Stacker is max stake of a fiver 150 to 1 and that is Swansea that is Barnsley that is Plymouth Argyle that is Bolton that is Colchester and that is Mansfield you don't even need to remember the teams because it's there for you all you have to click on uh, <laughs> is the bet itself so we'll just finish off with a couple of long shots George have you got anything for me this weekend? Yeah, I've got a couple of things. I've got a spread and I've got a long shot. Because um, <clears throat> obviously SpreadX do spread betting as well. Um, if you go back to the last betting show and you scrub along towards the end of the episode, I do a little ex explainer there as to what spread betting is. Um, so please do get in touch. Do DM me on Twitter if you want to ask any any questions. You, I'm not love, gonna... you love a DM. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, my, my spread tip is um, for Coventry against Brentford. And I want to buy Brentford goals at 1.7. Mm -hmm. um, Coventry are, are in the midst of a, a difficult run of form. They conceded three against Cardiff. Norwich got put two past them yesterday, and, and it quite easily could have been uh, more than that. And the, the results, sorry, the, the fixtures don't get any um, any easier at all. They've got such a tough game here against the Brentford side. He'll be smarting after being undone in their derby against QPR in midweek. This is a Brentford side who recently on the road have stuck three past Reading, four past Borough. 
seven past Wickham at home. Um, you know, once they get going, they're not a team to really sit back. They haven't kept a clean sheet in so many games. Um, the last clean sheet that they kept was in, in any competition. Sorry, the championship was back against Luton when they won 1-0 um, in January. You have to go even further back for the, for the one before then, which is funny because we came to expect Thomas Frank's side to be a team who... Um, who are pretty good defensively, but I think the injury to Pontus Janssen's had a pretty adverse effect on them. Um, so it often needs two goals from Brentford. Um, I find it hard to believe that they're going to draw a blank up against a, a commentary side who are going to be pretty low on confidence after their last two defeats. And um, yeah, you, you lose 0.7 of your stake if, if they score just one. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this one. I think there's a big upside. If this is easy again, it could spiral if Brentford get ahead early, and that's what you're after here. And the maximum loss is 1.7 points. So if you if you want to make it into a 17 pound bet, then buy for for a tenner. Then the most you can lose is 17 quid. Um, and then just another one, a goal scorer one to look out for. Um, MK Dons against uh, against Northampton. MK are kind of four to seven favourites for the game. They're they're very very short and expected to win. Will Grigg is consistently being priced up as a as a massive price, I think, to score. I think probably because he has played so many so much football recently and not scored, but he's now playing in a front two for a side who create a lot of chances. Um, if you think he's like eleven to two, I think he is to score first here compared to Cam- Cameron Jerome, who's kind of three to one. I don't think that's right. I think Grigg will score goals for this team. He missed basically an open goal um, in his first game back. Uh, against Rochdale he then um, missed a very very good chance in nil-nil as well so I think he's just worth siding with I'm pretty sure the prices will catch up and in a few weeks time him and Jerome will probably be priced up pretty much the same lovely lovely stuff Uh, as for my long shot yeah a proper dart really but I'm going to back Grimsby to beat Exeter in Exeter this weekend Uh, 17 to 4 with Spreadex so just a touch over 4 to 1 with them I'm also going to have a small dart on 1-0 Grimsby, correct score at 12-1. to Now, Exeter in midweek played against Newport, and a lot of you will have seen that they were down to 10 men, uh, and then they were down to 9 men before half-time even came around, and they went into half-time with a 1-0 lead. They came out, uh, they played a, a 5-3-0 formation, and they held on, and they held on, and they held on. It was an unbelievable effort. And then right at the end, the the thousandth Newport cross went over all of the Exeter defenders and was nodded in by Telford at the back post. A a one-all draw, but essentially a huge victory and impressive performance from Exeter. I think they can be be very proud of that. Now, I'm, for the sake of this bet, guessing that that took a fair bit out of this Exeter side. I don't know if anyone's ever played two men down in like a Sunday league game, but... It's uh, it's not great. It's pretty tiring. Um, and those two players, Bowman and Hartridge, are of course now suspended for the weekend. They don't have another Bowman. I know he's not always been that popular for fans because he's not always looked like the most natural goal scorer. Although he has, he's already well into double figures this season and has proven to be a, a decent goal scorer for them. But it's more his his sort of, I guess, his now his physical presence, his his target man role, bringing Matt Jay into play. They don't have another one. Seymour will play, I think, a talented young striker from the academy who hasn't done much for the first team yet. Certainly doesn't have the same target man qualities of Bowman. Hartridge, the centre-back, I mean, they're playing three at the back at the moment, but he's not necessarily a key player, I wouldn't say, for Exeter, but his absence might be felt quite sorely because McArdle, who is a key centre-back for them, he hasn't been seen, George, since his... 
uh, ball sack gash uh, against <laughs> wow against Stevenage the other didn't week. Your words there, did you? I don't know what else to call it. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, he might be back, McArdle, but they they've been a bit quiet on that. And I mean, I wouldn't be rushing back from that sort of injury. And if he is playing because he's rushed back, if I'm James Hansen and Stefan Payne, I'm I'll be testing McArdle's robustness out. Um, I think he might be a little tender. But alternatively, they might play either someone out of position in the back three or change the formation and go to a four, which, you know, they have, I'm sure would be fine, but not ideal. Randall Williams is still out for extra as well. The last time these two teams played, Williams tore Grimsby a new one uh, and he is out. Grimsby, by contrast, they've only played one game this month. Um, so they've had quite a lot of time off. It was a defeat to Newport. Uh, that was the game that they, I wouldn't say they dominated, but they were, they, they, they had better chances than Newport. Um, against 10-man Newport and lost that game. But I, I'm just hoping, and this is why this is a bit of a dart, but I'm telling you what I'm hoping, that Paul Hurst has taken a deep breath. He's been able to get some plans in place, maybe even some training sessions, George, which is a bit of a novelty in uh, in this season. Um, but I'm confident in Hurst that he can tighten up the defence first and foremost, that he can try and turn this Grimsby side into something resembling a Paul Hurst side um, that we've seen in, in previous roles to turn this game into a scrappy game. Clearly their form is horrendous um, and it warrants their big price, but they have had this time off Grimsby and I think they can come at this a little fresher than the next who had that game in midweek down to nine men for, the, for for more than a half down to the bare bones in a sense with injuries and suspensions and possibly playing an unusual formation. So long shot, just over four to one and 12 to one for the one nil correct score. Go on the Mariners. Let's hmm. see how we go. And just lastly, before we go, my holiday maker, centre-back, first goal scorer, Trixie, Mads Anderson, obviously, of Barnsley. Uh, Jordan Thornley of Blackpool has been getting on the end of quite a lot recently. They're playing against Pompey. Uh, and Connor Hall of Harrogate, similarly, um, has sh- shown some some decent shot volume in the last few games. So I want to get in front of that if he's going to be getting on the end of a lot of set plays. Uh, George, do you want to recap your bets? Yeah, why not? Go on then. Um, my nap is Barnsley at Bristol City. My next best is Mansfield at home to Cambridge. And then I'm also back in Colchester away at Crawley. Could look very silly with that one. Hopefully not. Uh, I'm buying Brentford goals at 1.7 against Cov. And I'm going to be looking to back William Grigg to score first for MK against Cobblers. And if you add those three to my picks, which are Swansea, Plymouth Argyle and Bolton Wanderers this weekend, what do you get? You get an enhanced Acker on the SpreadX site. If you just click on the football tab at the very top, you will see specials. You'll see, if you click on that, you'll see NTT20 Enhanced Acker and you can back that at 150 to 1, which is best price as we record. And if you're not a SpreadX customer, but you'd like to be, uh, whether it's to use their fixed odds service or the spreads themselves, you can get a sign-up offer, bet 10, get 10. Uh, www.spreadx.com slash NTT20 to get that offer. Let's get some action on this Enhanced Acker. You can see all of the T's and C's of that offer at spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. That's been the start of the sound of your weekend. The sound of the start of your weekend is certainly time for the weekend listening to that, isn't it? Um, thank mm. you so much for listening to all the pods this week. Uh, Monday pod with Connor Harahan, Totally Football League show, extra time on Thursday afternoon. And this, the betting show. Hope you have a great weekend, guys. Let us know any questions, queries, problems at NTT20pod on Twitter. We'll be back again on Monday with the usual.